Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for January 17th, 2021, the second Sunday after the Epiphany. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And Bruce, how are you on this fine morning? I'm pretty good. I'm I'm looking out my window at home and watching the snowfall, which is a wonderful way to pass some time. Wait, really? I don't yeah. have any snow up here on the north side. <laughs> it just looks gross outside. <laughs> yeah, it makes a big difference when there's snow coming out of the gross sky. <laughs> yeah, it does. It really does. And and I have long been the pro- uh, a proponent of snow if it's going to be this cold. Uh, yeah, I, I find you have been. I find this temperature to be nonsensical without snow. I mean, there well, really is no point. <laughs> and there's there's absolutely no scientific basis for me saying this. So it's just like a you know, old man saying silliness. But I think we get lake effect snow from the White River, which is uh, about a mile from our house. Because it seems yeah. like we get this right. kind of tiny little snows every winter and i drive to the grocery store or something and it's absolutely no snow there so hey. that's my story and i'm sticking to it. <laughs> his own weather pattern uh my, yeah yeah um, by the way uh, uh uh old man silliness uh is probably like the theme of our podcast i, I think that would be <laughs> just that that yeah that, <laughs> no, no, that should be our tagline nothing more than old man silliness um uh um it really would get the 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 the, the listens would really bring oh yeah place. right <laughs> um but uh but yeah so uh uh we are we are, we are into epiphany uh last uh last sunday just so that we can plug our our online worship service because uh unfortunately the ravages of COVID 19 continue uh we did um um kind of unveil uh some some new uh recording shots for our online uh worship service uh due to some some grant money uh coming out of uh, COVID-19 concerns, we were able to get a really, really high definition, good camera for, uh, uh, the, the church space. And, uh, we've tinkered with it and played with it a little bit here and there and used it for certain things. Um, uh, a couple of, a few things during Christmas. Uh, but, uh, the, the bulk of the service last week was uh, recorded with it and it looks fantastic. The, uh, the high definition on it uh, will uh, um, illuminate everything on on the altar. So uh, uh, I'm stocking up uh, on on uh, stage makeup for Bruce uh, for, this, <laughs> for these following weeks. Should we continue to? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it, yeah, it, I was going to say if we needed any. Uh, reviews of calls via instant replay we'd really be able to tell what had just happened (laughs) yes get down yeah we'd really be able to frame by frame um but uh uh i I wouldn't say that it was like a drastic change to our online worship service but it was it was still i i for me it was a welcome change nonetheless it felt a little bit a little bit more familiar uh just like that small step uh, a, yeah. a little closer to to familiarity for for worship service. So, um, if you didn't get a chance to check that out, uh, feel free to check out our YouTube uh, uh, page HFEC videos. 
uh, and you'll be able to find that and hundreds of others uh, of yeah. other videos. Yeah, so you uh, can shop and compare. <laughs> yeah, shop and compare. Uh, see where the production quality uh, was low. See where the production quality was high, uh, and judge all of them in between. Uh, right. So, <laughs> uh, so that I'm not the only one who's sitting there nitpicking the work that I, that, that goes into them. Um, um, and and well, to clarify, say every director wants to make three more cuts of their movie. And that's yes, you. exactly, exactly right. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to, I, just in case anyone didn't know, to clarify, the critique is of my own work. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not oh, yeah, yeah. I'm it's not, not critiquing the work else. of others. Yeah. Um, so, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's going on. Uh, I believe uh, we have a Bible study going on, uh, for adult forum. Mm -hmm. Um, this, is it this week, this week? Yeah. The adult forum starts this week uh, talking about art and encountering God. That'll be led Mm -hmm. by the Reverend Kathy Gray. Excellent. uh, 10 a.m. on Sunday via zoom. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and, uh, and again, uh, our, our, uh, Facebook watch party is nine o'clock on Sunday. Uh, for the church, for the online worship service. And I think even, correct me if I'm wrong, I think a, a, a children's ministry comes back yeah. this week as well. They uh, are back in so, youth group. Yeah. You can yeah. go to the website and get all the times and links and such. Yep. Operating as normal. So yeah, f- feel free to visit our webpage as well. <laughs> as abnormally normal as we can. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> our temporary new normal. Um, right. Uh, <laughs> which I guess is. Uh, you can say about anything uh, at any point yeah. in time, um, but uh, but yeah, we got all we've got a lot of stuff going on uh, as we are in this uh, this new year, and uh, we encourage you to check it out. So, uh, Bruce, unless you have anything else to plug, I will move on to our person of the day. Uh, yes, let's go to the person of the day. Which so uh, there is a really good pupusa restaurant near my house, but. <laughs> Yep. Okay. Yeah, let's go on. <laughs> uh, so Bruce has been doing pretty good at these so far. So I want to see if this his uh, uh, luck continues. Uh, today's person luck <laughs> <laughs> knowledge. If his knowledge continues instead of luck, I say, thousands of dollars in higher education. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's continue to judge the quality of which that money was spent. And um, the uh, the person of the day, your person is. Agnes. Oh, Agnes of Rome? Yes. All right. (laughs) (laughs) She's um, one of the early martyrs of the church, was um, martyred in, I believe, the Colosseum, but in a public arena. Um, Mm -hmm. And there are various accounts as to how she was killed, but any of them are gross and disgusting. And... um, she refused to worship the emperor instead of Christ. And for that reason was uh, publicly executed. Again, one of the early martyrs of the church and therefore is particularly remembered and is the first of a group that's commonly called the virgin martyrs. Um, Because there was a whole series of young women who usually at the time that they were getting married, uh, refused to, worship the emperor and people would discover this at that moment and so they'd be turned in and event and executed yeah uh yeah since they hadn't been married yet they were called the virgin martyrs yeah okay there you go some of them nameless so that's why there is a a grand title so to speak but agnes is known about 
I'm not going to lie, Bruce, you have more information than the uh, glossary uh, 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 website uh, <laughs> does. Um, it also, it, it definitely, the, the definition is definitely more of a G rating. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't go into like how she died. Uh, it does mention that she was tortured and executed after refusing to worship heathen gods um, uh, by uh, under purview of the Emperor Diocletian. Mm-hmm. Uh she do you know how old she was around 20 i think but i'm not sure it says here agnes died at the age, the ripe young age of 12 years old oh maybe maybe i dyslexic the number okay which which I'll, go, uh, I'll, I'll believe 12 which makes the story quite horrific um uh, yeah now, uh, the, the 20 number that you might be thinking of, and the reason why I picked her over another person I was looking at, is uh, it looks like her, her um, commemoration date on the Episcopal calendar is the 21st, which is kind of a question as to, you know, I could, I could put it in this week's, uh, this week's uh, uh, person of, the, of the, uh, the day or next week's person of the day. But I didn't, again, just like a couple of weeks ago, I didn't want to forget about it since it was... Yeah coming up real close so um so so we uh, commemorate her memory on on the 21st um the other interesting thing that i that that is in here is that her name in greek means pure and in latin means lamb uh so mm-hmm. her principal uh, uh iconograph is a lamb um and uh, on her feast day uh, in Rome, her feast day has been an occasion for the blessing of two lambs whose wool is woven into a scarf known as the pallium, um, right. which the Pope uh, is, it uses to invest archbishops. Uh, and then it has a whole like side story about Gregory the Great <laughs> sending one to August, Augustine of Canterbury, the first archbishop of Canterbury. Um, and uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, the the. The very uh, 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 sad, tragic, heroic uh, uh, martyrdom of twelve-year-old Agnes. Yeah, um, which is awful. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just goodness. Um, but uh, but what a what a what a sweet commemoration, though, of of, of such an innocent uh, um, um, uh, the lamb being her her icon. Um, right. So. So anyway, uh, but yeah, uh, I know we don't always get into, you know, beyond maybe a handful of, of very familiar traditional saints, we don't really get into uh, a lot of them. Uh, so it's kind of nice to, to, yeah. to, to get and, into the story of one. And Agnes really is worth doing some more reading on. I always say it's probably about anyone that you bring up um, because there is so much, such a rich, almost cultural dynamic around Mm -hmm. her if you Mm -hmm. read the very about the various commemorations and things around europe and uh, the artwork and things like that it's worth a google image search if nothing else Mm -hmm. yep very much so so um well let's move on to the reading uh the readings of the the, this week and our first reading is from first samuel chapter 3 verse 1 through 10 with an option of finishing out this story uh and reading uh verses 11 through 20 uh but i i I will say up front i do like this story this is one of my favorites yeah me too um 
Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days, and visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord, had, the Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Um, I could go on. Do you want me to keep continue the, the Doesn't story? Doesn't bother me if you do. Let's, let's go ahead and finish it. I don't know if it'll be read uh, uh, in our actual worship service, but just so that you know how the story ends, I don't want to leave on a cliffhanger. Uh, then the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle on that day. I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli, but Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he said, here I am. Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Then he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. Um, one of the reasons why I like this story is uh, um, the little bit of messing with Samuel. Uh, it, it makes me giggle every time uh, this idea of, of, of God. Uh, like, in my mind, the hidden parts of this passage is like in between when Samuel gets called and goes to Eli, the Lord is still in the original room kind of snickering and, shh, no, shh, we'll do it again. I'm going to do it again. Shh, shh. <laughs> Samuel, Samuel. Yeah, he, 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 he did it again. He went in the other room. Oh my goodness, this is so funny. Uh, I, in my mind, I, I, I like to think that God found this funny. Um, <laughs> certainly not founded in scripture, uh, but 
it, it's possible. It could. It, I mean, that's one of the big questions over and over throughout the Hebrew scriptures and the New Testament is: is this is this supposed to be humorous, or or not? And this, yeah, this could be one of those places where we're supposed to get a little giggle. Maybe. Um, now, um, <clears throat> the let's see here. Uh, where what was I going to say? Um, I'm not sure where. Uh, the, uh, so what what is the lamp in verse three the lamp of god had not yet gone out what is the lamp of god is that just kind of like a the altar was, light or it was a can a, a you know, oil lamp that burned overnight okay okay it's um, sort of the night light for god in the temple gotcha so the the, but the more the likely watch. for the attendance gotcha um and samuel it, it seems as though samuel is an understudy at this point um kind of like not fully familiar with everything going on in the temple or how things work uh um, right it is a little odd that he's like it makes sense that eli would have his room off on the side uh, as he's kind of like the main uh main attendant to the temple main the, the main uh um uh priest right right uh, it does seem though a little odd that the understudy doesn't get like a room further back. The the understudy is like just laying down on the floor of the temple. Well, at this point, near the ark, he's actually not an understudy. He's 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 more like um, shoot. I had the term and now it's gone out of my brain. Like direct um, apprentice or n- not? He, no, he he doesn't have any succession of. Um, his boss's role okay instead instead he's much more he's mu- a much lower servant than that you know, he's oh, okay. an errand boy and hmm. probably was probably part of his duty was to basically be eli's eyes because he was blind right okay so you know it, it's a very very low status that samuel has within the temple Still, I, I guess for for low status to be so close to the Ark of God, um, seems like kind of in a way kind of an odd placement in my mind. Is that is that uh, is that not the case? Is that or is that kind of well, intentional we, for the story? Or I think it's foreshadowing. Okay. Um, we don't so, we don't really know how unusual that would have been, but the way that it's structured in this narrative, it seems like it's. Oh, Samuel was near God all along and didn't know it. Mm, mm-hmm. Again, so are part of that humor thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the twist. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, and 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 like I said, the 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 end of the story, um, is kind of like a weird mix of like, oh, that's I, you know. I didn't necessarily expect, uh, uh, you know, God, God to say. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm gonna have to punish Eli over there. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's like, only because you had not read chapter two. Chapter like this, two, right? It starts yeah. with chapter three, and chapter two goes into the incompetence, to put it lightly, of Eli, mm. and how um, he was letting things begin to run amuck in the temple, even though it's his responsibility to supervise all that, particularly with his sons who were 
the um, next in line to be head priest. And they were very corrupt and stealing part of the sacrificial meat and messing up. And he was warned, Eli was warned by various holy people that God was not happy with this and he ignored those. And so finally it was this event that Eli finally said, yeah, I deserve that. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, at first you're kind of like, at first blush, I'm kind of wondering like, well, yeah, so why would he then be like, so like, oh, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, you should listen to God and, and I've, I've earned what I, what's coming to me. But I get so if it's his sons, though, I guess I guess I can uh, very much understand how a parent would like not be able to, you know, hold that against their 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 child. Their their the, the bond between parent and child can sometimes uh, blur lines and make it difficult to do the right, right thing because you're you're conflicted. So uh, um, yeah, and so part of the irony here again, layer upon layers with so many scripture passages is his own sons are utterly corrupt mm-hmm. and far, far, far from faithful people to God. And the lowly servant turns out to be the lowly servant to Eli turns out to be the one who's like a son mm-hmm. in terms of willingness to fulfill the values that Eli held as of serving God. Um, and literally Eli is blind to that until this moment. Hmm. Yeah. Um, interesting, interesting, uh, that, uh, that, that blindness, uh, kind of informs several aspects of the story. Yeah. Um, that's, that is interesting. Um, yeah, it's, it's another layer upon layer of meaning in it, which is why it is so popular. Right. Now, now um, let, let, let's clarify for the, the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, is this book written by Samuel or written about Samuel about. or a mixture of both? Okay. Okay. So this is chapter one of the story of Samuel and we're pretty early into it. So this is like the, this is kind of the, the, um, um, origin story the, yeah that's what i was looking for the kind of the origin story for for him and and um pointing him towards the the uh um position of of importance and authority and in, in, in their history um kind of comes from this and 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 really really it is this this story that's kind of the catapult isn't it the the one yeah. that kind of propels him then forward and it's i have to admit for me the first time that i just sat down and read the bible when i was a teenager first and second samuel were the two books that just captivated me up mm. until that point it was you know begat 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes yes but i do uh, i do know that <laughs> um and that you know, i'm exaggerating but when you get to first and second samuel yeah, you're, not, you're not really exaggerating there are there is that book that is oh my gosh will this lineage story end please uh, but it, the the writing becomes much richer and mm-hmm. has these different features like we're we've been talking about with this passage um and then 
the what Samuel is who Samuel is paired with as a co-star is King David. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you get to see Samuel's role as the voice of God to to Saul and then King Saul and then King David. And everyone is very, very human. Yeah. They screw up. They ignore what Samuel's trying to tell them. Samuel's reluctant to talk. I mean, it, it really is almost a very modern drama um, that unfortunately we, we can, as contemporary readers, put up on a pedestal and not realize that it, it really is supposed to sound that way. Yeah, yeah. It, it really, in 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 my opinion, this is like the these are the the, the this is the pinnacle of uh, of, uh, of of storytelling from this group of people. Like the, as far yeah. as the stories go, uh, this is this is this is it. This is the best writing uh, that 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 does take place. And then, but but in no way, shape, or form is this like the uh, the golden age of of uh of correct choices by the Jewish people <laughs> right <laughs> this is uh which is why the stories are so captivating yeah i mean it, it, the, the stories would be uh uh honestly so less entertaining and interesting if it were like yeah king david was uh was uh given this to contemplate and you made the right choice yeah the end <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah okay. and it, good for him it, it kind of starts and yeah, it kind of starts to drop off when David's son Solomon becomes king because it, it seems to get um, a little more highfalutin and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the characters become a little less human. And you can almost sense that the the drama and complexity is falling away in terms of what the authors were going to use. But yeah. I thoroughly recommend reading First and Second Samuel. Yeah, no, it's 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 a it is a good one. Uh, no offense to uh, what is that Leviticus and Numbers, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> love you guys, <laughs> but uh, yeah, as far as storytelling goes, yeah, this is this this is it. This is great. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else about this story? Anything um, that we want to uh, shed light on? Uh, well, the, the one thing that people often find moving is you know, Samuel hears from God before Samuel even knows who God is. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you don't have to be born, so to speak, into faith. Instead, God will find you wherever you are and will keep calling, even when you have no idea what that is, until right. you, perhaps with someone else's help, <clears throat> understand that it's God and how to begin to respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That 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 I I agree. That's the that, that's the part of the story um, um, that has the most most meaning for me personally. Is yeah. is the is the uh, 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 heeding a call. Uh, it's it's heartening to read a story where someone needs a couple of tries. Yeah. <laughs> because I I certainly don't feel as though. Uh, making the right choice the first time, or, or catching on that maybe I'm being called to do something uh, the first that, that does. I, I'm not the Johnny on the spot kind of guy. Like it's not. I I, I usually need a couple of tries to get it right. Uh, that's that's 
That's generally yeah, and and you know here's your patron saint, so to speak. <laughs> right, right. And here's my patron saint. Like, yep, yep. I get you, Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. Shut up and say <laughs> you're here. No, Stop well, leaving I, the room. <laughs> and that's the thing. Um, yeah, that's a, I, that's basically a good summary. Stop leaving the room. Um, and Eli doesn't say, you know, go and say the Lord's prayer four times and then you'll be ready. It's instead, it's just, just don't leave the room. And that, yeah. That's the only prep you need. Um, and again, people think, oh, to get, to be worthy, to be called to do something, I need to have all this preparation and a certain spiritual ability or status or something. Right. Nope. You can be the lowest servant in the household, like pretty much Samuel was. And God will still speak to you when God needs you to do something. Yeah, it's really you really read this story and you and you recognize that the uh, where Samuel goes wrong is not like it's not it, it doesn't say that the voice of the Lord echoed in such a way that he thought it was Samuel. Uh, yeah. Or so, Eli. so yeah. So or yeah, sorry, Eli. Uh, so it's not that Samuel was mis- really misled. It was that Samuel made an assumption about what the call was intended for and his yeah, assumption and based on his life him, experience to that point yeah his assumption led him to go and leave the room to eli so that's for me like like I said that's kind of the that's kind of the uh the story it's telling me is like don't make an assumption about what you're supposed to do sit, right sit so listen respond listen uh um and and uh the 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 call will then be can then be made plain to you if you just stop running off <laughs> like mm-hmm. oh god's calling gotta go do this <laughs> yeah <laughs> really are you sure they like, sure that's what you're supposed to do <laughs> yeah which is a, a very new testament theme as well in the in the people that would there's so many encounters between Jesus and people who say, oh yeah, I want to follow you, but first I have to go settle this or go do this and yada da. And every time Jesus is like, nah, this this really is more important. Come with right. me. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, there's lots of those stories where uh, uh, assumptions are made about what the next step should be, and and oftentimes God has to be like, eh, no, <laughs> come Simplify on back, Simplify. come on back. Let me explain this to you. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, then let's move on to our second reading uh, from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 6, verses 12 through 20. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is meant not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord, and will also raise us by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Should I therefore take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that whoever is united to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For it is said, the two shall shall be one flesh. But anyone united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Shun fornication. Every sin that a person commits is outside the body, but the fornicator sins against the body itself. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? 
For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Um, at first blush, a reader might go, or at second blush, a reader might go, why is this part of the epiphany? <laughs> this passage is talking about, you know, fornication and sins of the body and sins of the flesh, and um, which which is still a passage worth contemplation, but why during epiphany? Why is this, you know, what does this have to do with the realization of who Jesus is? The Because Christians, including in, in Corinth, so for over 2,000 years, or roughly 2,000 years, um, Christians have tried to uh, modify their spiritual walks by saying, my spirit is with God and therefore my body can wander off and do anything it wants. Mm -hmm. And so one of the basic dimensions of being called by God, being a Christian, being Jewish, is that our entire being is part of that experience. Mm. It's not just the spiritual side of us. And throughout history, including biblical times, people did try to say well you know i i go to church every sunday though that's not what they would have said exactly and therefore on monday i get to do whatever i damn well please and then i'll go back on sunday and all will be forgiven right uh so this is part of the live a life of integrity Mm -hmm. uh, in in order to fulfill your call and Mm -hmm. and in and corinth really was the Christian community in Corinth really was having that um, struggle where, where people were saying, yeah, hey, I can do whatever I want. Cause I know I'm saved and right. my spirit's good with God. So yeah, I get to go to prostitutes. I get to eat whatever I want. I get to do whatever I want and I'll be cool. Cause my right. spirit's cool. And that part, that was about basic sort of secular Greek approach to life anyway. So it wasn't like they were, getting this from Judaism or Christianity, they were getting it from the wider culture. Hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I, I suppose we, because this is only a passage, we should be clear. This isn't the only issue that gets tackled in, in, in this line of thought, uh, you know, the, right. The, it's one thing after really, another in, yeah. in Corinthians. Right. So it's not, it's not like this was, Oh goodness. This was the thing that, yeah. that, that needed to be communicated through several chapters. Um, I'm a little curious about it. it it's, it's impossible to convey correctly uh, over just audio, uh, but I'm a little curious about the, um, the quotation marks in this passage uh, because it kind of goes, it, there, there are quotes in here that aren't easily identified the one that's, that that is easily identified auditorily is there in verse 16 where it says for it is said quote the two shall be one flesh so that makes a, a that, that's a little bit easier to identify but early on in the in the reading uh the the words all things are lawful for me quote is a quote and then the next verse food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food quote um where are these quotes coming from? Because they're not exactly uh, contextualized properly in in in, in just uh, well, in the, just reading them aloud. 
Yeah, the quick answer is some of them are from other portions of the Bible. Some of them we think, we've, we've guessed to put quotes there to make the meaning clearer to a contemporary reader that yeah. they were sort of slogans within the Christian Greek community there mm. of that helped them justify how they were living. Gotcha. So like all things are lawful for me. Uh, do we know where that comes from? Is, or is that like one that we guess that is a, is like a, a familiar saying to the, to the population? I, th- I don't think we know exactly where that okay. comes Cause, from. Cause yeah, you're definitely right. It, punctuation is not part of the original writing. Uh, right. Any, any, any punctuation uh, regarding quote, at least regarding quotations. I, I don't remember if there's punctuation as to like designate the end of a sentence. No, uh, either. I don't think there's any, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. But at the very least, there's definitely no quotation marks in that, in that, in text uh, from the original writing. So anytime there's quotation marks, it's, it's, we're, we're guessing that that was in there or we're inserting them because the structure of the sentence, like in verse 16, implies one. Um, so, okay. I was just kind of curious if we knew where, where those came from because it was kind of... The, the sentence runs, you know, just fine without them, but with quotations, it kind of implies a little bit more. So. Right. And he uses the... Partic- since you asked particularly about it, um, he uses the all things are lawful for me um, but not all things are beneficial. He uses that same qu- quote again in 23 to, to attack it, to attack mm. the practices of the Corinthians. Yeah. Um, so that's why we think he's quoting back to them sayings that some scholars even think had begun to be attributed to Paul. And so he has to repeatedly say, no, I didn't teach this. Mm. And... You know, if I were to teach it, here are the connotations I would certainly include in it. Yeah. And so this passage has to do with... Oh, and the other thing I, I should have said. Um, this passage has to do with idolatry, primarily. And then uh, in 10, it's about what you're actually eating, which also is about idolatry. Because mm-hmm. the where here it's translated as prostitute over and over. <laughs> right. It's It refers to... It can also be translated as idolaters. So these are, to go into the R-rated version once again, these are the temple prostitutes that, um, as an act of worship in Greek religion, um, people would have sex with to, I just was about to say really stupid pun. Uh, (laughs) In, or, in order to make their desires known to God or the gods, you know, small mm-hmm. g. Um, so it's, this isn't about s- someone f- trying to find a prostitute just for sexual gratification. This is about hedging your bets spiritually and being involved in the worship activities of the pagan temples. Hmm. That there are very beliefs that if that if you had sex with a temple prostitute, you your fields would produce much more grain. Huh. Um, very very 
um, easy to see, but not true metaphors of that ritual action that obviously some people would really enjoy. That's interesting, though, that it involves like the hedging of bets. That's that, that yeah. especially sounds like a, a, a very human thing uh, for us to do is, is like, no, no, no. I totally I am 100 percent behind uh, the temple and God thing. But uh, just in case that doesn't work out, I'm also going to buy this lucky rabbit's foot and yeah. do this and do that. And then that way I'm super covered. Right. I'll right. Pray to this other altar. I'll pray to, you know. Yeah, and that that's the struggle throughout the throughout the Bible, but mm-hmm. um, that Moses had to deal with folks wanting to keep their old gods just in case, and um, here Paul's having to deal with people who want to keep their old gods just in case. Huh, interesting. Um, I mean, you can, you can. I think I've used this quim before. I'm not sure, but you can almost picture people saying to Paul. But it's a family tradition. You know, we always go down to the right. temple of this Greek always goddess. Go down to and, the temple and have sex with the temple prostitute. And then happy, <laughs> enjoy the sacrificial meats. And, you know, it's, it's a good family time. You can't ask mm-hmm. us to give up time with a family, can you? Mm. And Paul's saying, oh, yeah. <laughs> Even though you insist it doesn't mean anything, it's a terrible example to people who wonder if the one true God is the one true God. Right. Well, and it's even, you know, people who would make such an argument, they're not being honest with themselves. It's not just, it's not just a family tradition and you know it. Yeah. (laughs) Let's, let's do a deep dive on what, what you do and why you do it. And, and I think we'll all realize that that's, that's, that's the case. That is interesting. Uh, Because I I think I, I do recognize uh, uh, sections of this passage do get used in, unrelated discussions once you get into mm-hmm. the understanding of what is being written here and why um so it yeah, is it's so easy that that... to take these verses out of context and prove yeah. whatever you want to prove yeah yeah i mean one could even argue for lectionary purposes it's kind of it, it kind of does take it out of context because yeah again like i said like i said as soon as i finished reading it what does this have to do with the epiphany <laughs> <laughs> this seems strange but without yep. the context, it would. It would seem strange. Um, well, let's move now to the gospel reading. Yes. Uh, today we are reading from the book of John, chapter 1, verse 43 through 51. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending 
upon the Son of Man. Um, this is the meat and bones of this week in this week <laughs> this week in Epiphany. Um, uh, uh, in 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 this case, uh, the uh, it, a lot of the Epiphany is Nathaniel's Nathaniel's uh, 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 right personal Epiphany of who uh, Jesus was, um, and. First of all, uh, uh, why the dig here uh, from Nathaniel in verse forty-six? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Wasn't the didn't the prophecy say the uh, indicate that the Messiah would come from this region? I mean, am I wrong on that? Or no, I guess it doesn't, does it? Um, well, it it wasn't a um, what. There is a prophecy about Bethlehem. But mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily applied to um, to the Messiah. And at the time that this was taking place, Bethlehem really was a, a tiny, tiny town. The archaeological evidence indicates that a lot of people literally lived in holes in the mm-hmm. dug into the hillside. It was so poverty poverty stricken. Um, so again, it's part of that irony of God that the Messiah comes from one of the poorest villages of Israel. Right. But I guess, but, but that Bethlehem isn't actually mentioned in this, in this passage. It's, uh, it's, it's where Joseph is originally I'm sorry. from. Which is... I meant Nazareth. Nazareth. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so, yeah, so Nazareth kind of was like the a... place people were living in holes kind of a classist dig here from Nathaniel. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, uh, but Jesus, uh, uh, his comment about Nathaniel as he comes towards him is he, he recognizes that he is, he's not deceitful. You're right. And I guess, I guess the, the, the statement in the prior verse is testament to that, that he's going to speak his mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and God uh, welcomes that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, you know, we, uh, we, and, and I think, and part of, again, part of the theme that we've talked about before, the Gospel of John, is tiptoeing towards the Gnostic approach of the special knowledge and awareness of God. And if you're going to have this kind of openness with God, using your mind, your body, your spirit, then you have to be able to talk honestly with God and, and you know, ask for help on your homework <laughs> and mm-hmm. complain if you think God's call is too hard. And mm-hmm. if God is asking something surprising, call God on it and, and get more insight into it. And, and that's exactly what happens here. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so... So obviously the, the, the story is that Jesus says, tells him something uh, uh, personal about himself uh, to the point where Nathaniel realizes like, how did you, how could you have possibly known that? You must be, you must be the son of God. You must, there, there's something super special about you. And, and Jesus's response, of course, is, uh, oh, you think that's something. Right. <laughs> Wait till you see the, the rest of this. Um the way verse 51 is written, uh, 
in my mind, kind of uh, um, foreshadows uh, his death on the cross, as far as the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man and yeah. heaven opened up. Uh, um, was Nathaniel there at in at, at uh, his crucifixion? I don't recall his name being listed among uh uh mary and mary and 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 the others uh yeah in in the gospel of no he wasn't okay um in i believe in the gospel of john it's peter and the marys and maybe the beloved disciple but i'm not positive of that that it's a, mm -hmm. a very very small group um, which is more than some of the other gospels have some of the other gospels have the apostles completely run away Mm. Um, and yeah, this is, and this is the only gospel that has Nathaniel as a, as one of the apostles. Um, so it's, mm. it's a person that the community who helped create the gospel of John record these various events. Nathaniel was important to them and wanted mm. to make sure that his story was remembered, but they don't give us a lot of what that story is, so we don't know a whole lot about who he is. Is this is this the bulk of the story of Nathaniel that we get? I, I, I think he appears once more. Uh, I want to say in chapter 10, but I'm not positive of that. Huh. Interesting. Um, I mean, still, regardless of whether he was there uh, for the crucifixion, um, uh, if he's around for the different signs and wonders of Jesus' ministry... Um, I, th I still think that that wording would apply. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it it uh, could be the, the crucifixion. It could be the ascension after his, after Jesus's yeah. resurrection. His, um, possibly or, his baptism, a combination yeah. of all these events. Uh, Though he was already baptized, but at this point. Oh, he was already baptized at this point. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, John is a very poetic, um, mystical gospel. And so it, it could have been any, any number of, moments and times from this point forward if net if nathaniel chose to follow jesus that he would have those experiences hmm. um let's also talk about uh the way that this story begins um the next day jesus decided to go to galilee so this is uh, uh seemingly almost on a whim i'm gonna go to galilee today mm, it's supposed to be the opposite actually <laughs> Is it really? Okay. Yeah. Is, is there like a story prior to that that kind of informs why he would want to go to Galilee? Not so much that, but the the way it happens, the way Jesus operates in the Gospel of John, it's always by his decision. Okay. So okay. there's a running theme that Jesus is not pushed hither and yon by events or by earthly powers, but instead he everything decides is, what he's going to do Everything is next. done with strict intention. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, in, in a way, so then that almost, that almost creates the story of like, Jesus woke up that morning and said, Philip, he is near and like went off, <laughs> goes off to find him. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he finds Philip says, follow me. And, uh, then Philip found Nathaniel. So Jesus finds Philip, Philip finds Nathaniel, but no, there's no meat in between in between those portions of the story as to like you know jesus says follow me it it assumes that 
he's like, yeah, sure, okay, great. And there's no there's no indication as to why Philip then goes and finds Nathaniel. Is is there any doc any background information that we know? Is this like his best friend? Is this uh, brother? Is this his neighbor? Any why Nathaniel? Why why this man uh, that that then becomes part of the story? Like uh, um, uh, Jesus doesn't say you and bring one more, one other. Uh, um, it's just I'm just kind of curious as to the thought process of the characters of the story is they're like oh yeah let me go get this guy first yeah we don't know um and i think i'm going to say that this is probably probably intentional because Hmm. that that way it's easier for us to be nathaniel okay that peter and andrew and james and john we know they were fishermen um that they lived in Capernaum. We we probably even know where Peter's house was by archaeology. So it's like, yeah, you know, Peter, that's Peter. Whereas Nathaniel, he only appears twice in any gospel, in the Gospel of John only. And so, and not without much background, we don't know his connection with the other apostles, but he was an apostle. And mm-hmm. therefore... It gives us a place where we can slide into the story and know that we have an opportunity to, to be like him. And we can be like Philip, too. Yeah. And no, find, that's an... find someone that we know well and uh, we'll, we'll listen to what we have experienced of, of God. Yeah, I, I, that, I guess that is a, a, a good point. Uh, um, Nathaniel is brought into this story kind of like twice removed. Uh, and, and just he's not chosen or divined in some way, shape or form. There's no vision of seek out, <laughs> you know, seek this man out, which would give him, uh, you know, utmost importance to the story. Uh that would make sense if he's just the dude that we're supposed to feel comfortable in his shoes as part of the story of like, Oh, okay. So this is just like a dude just like me and like the, you know, who, who gets brought in and what would, what would uh, my response be uh, in in his shoes? I probably would make fun of uh, Nazareth too. (laughs) That's pretty funny. That sounds like me. Uh, um, I'm not deceitful. What a, kind thing yeah me neither that's that's good all right yeah you know so um where you're right i I suppose uh uh uh, um some of the other apostles because of their stories are inflated a little bit to a a higher level of importance almost because they get their own they get their own um very specific calling uh throughout some of the stories so yeah and so you know a chance for us to be normal and 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 find ourselves a little bit more at home in the story. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, but I don't think there are a lot of St. Nathaniel churches around. You know, whereas there's gazillions of yeah. Andrews and Peters and James and yeah. Johnses. It's not uh, it's not one that I'm familiar with a single instance, and, actually. And Philip. I should have said Philip as well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he appears here, and I just looked it up, and he appears at one of the resurrection appearances by name. Hmm. so hmm. he's at the very beginning and the very end of john which um, which uh which resurrection appearance oh which yeah which one when uh jesus makes breakfast for them on the shore oh okay 
Um, okay. He's going fishing with James and John and Peter and Andrew. Hmm. Um, and a couple other unnamed people. So, yeah, I mean, he's... He, so, so we don't know what he's up to for all of Jesus's life, except for this moment and the second instance after the resurrection. And so, again, it's easy for 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 him to be the every person for Christians. Any of us can be him. Hmm. All we have to do is be honest with God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anything more about the story? Uh, um, so it, it, not only is this Nathaniel's epiphany, but this then if he's the everyman, then this is this is likewise our epiphany, and hence the reason it's in the season of epiphany. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anything else? I th- I think that's a good place to stop. Otherwise, I'll have absolutely nothing novel to say in the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't want that for sure. Uh, so with that, I think we'll close out this year podcast for the second Sunday after the Epiphany, which is January 17th, 2021. As I said at the top of the podcast, uh, uh, please check out our, our website, hfec.org, to see what all is going on in the church. Please visit our. Uh, feel free to visit our YouTube channel at HFEC Videos. Uh, join our watch party on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Uh, on Facebook, and uh, uh, feel free to reach out to us in any way you see fit at shortcut at hfec.org. Questions, comments, uh, uh, praise for the <laughs> glor- for, for the wonderful content. Uh, that we give uh, all all comments are welcome. Um, so, uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, we, uh, lots of opportunities to connect and uh, uh, miss everybody out there for sure. Yeah. Uh, so and until next, yeah, very much. And until next week, uh, I'm Ben and I'm Bruce, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.